Welcome to the Story Forest, original tales for curious and adventurous children. Every night of George's strange half-term, he's waking up in a castle, hundreds of years in the past, with a challenge to help the mysterious Clara. Today, she's found a rabbit that everyone wants to eat. Can they possibly rescue it? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Rabbit Raid George and Mum were well into their half-term routine now, and today, as usual, they bundled up in warm clothes, gathered lunch and the things they needed, and went straight to the castle. The last three nights, ever since they had arrived at Clarthen Castle, when George went to sleep at night, he was transported hundreds of years into the past. He had seen this very castle building, bustling, full of life and people and food and smells and stories. He had been inside its history. And his mum was just studying it. For the first time, George felt a surge of sadness for mum. She would have absolutely loved to do what he seemed to be doing every single night, exploring the past and meeting the people who lived there. Then there was Clara. Clara Greville was mum's historical mystery. Mum was desperate to find out what had happened to her. And George had been transported into the past to help her every night. Feeling a bit bad, George decided to ask mum some questions. She always loved talking about her work. She was very, very passionate about it. What are you looking at today, mum? She gave him a grin and then started. George half listened, concentrating on the steep steps in front of him too. So today I'm looking at the Great Hall to ascertain to what extent certain customs from the court spread into the countryside. Did Lord Clarthen have an oriel window, for example, or a louvre for the smoke to escape, or a minstrel's gallery? It did. George said thoughtlessly. I saw it. Pardon me? George snapped back into real life. His mum was giving him a funny look. Um, he said, I mean on a sign or something. I'm sure there was definitely a minstrel's gallery. He looked down at the ground as though he were concentrating. Mum finally stopped looking at him, but he could tell that she was curious. He wondered if she would ever believe him. If he told her about it, it just didn't seem right to tell her somehow. George stayed with her a bit in the morning as she walked around the hall, then went off to explore before digging into a new book that he had borrowed from the school library, settling in a very narrow passageway he found around the bedrooms, hiding from the wind and sipping at the hot chocolate that he had brought in a flask. When Mum came to look for him for lunch, it took her a while, but eventually her face appeared, smiling at him. You found the secret passage then, she said, dropping down beside him. He looked up in surprise and she grinned. Ha, you didn't know that one. It's a passageway that leads from the corridor of some of the finest bedrooms to right next to the kitchen. For smuggling in mistresses, they suppose. Apparently a suit of armour stood by the outside at both ends. George 
hadn't heard anyone mention the passageway before, and wondered if people in Clara's time even knew about it. He looked about him carefully, memorising where it was. It felt like something that could very well come in useful. Mum had had a productive morning, and as they ate their picnic, it started to rain. So they packed up and went back to their holiday cottage, where Mum read her history books and George read his book, which was almost as exciting as his real life right now. Ignoring Mum's surprise, George decided to get an early night. When he woke, he knew he had travelled back into the past again. He was outside and sat up and looked around. He was in some formal gardens planted with beautiful flowers in shaped flower beds. It was cold. He was wearing more layers. And he could hear a noise nearby. A noise that he knew better than he would ever have wanted to. It was Clara crying. He got to his feet and walked towards her. She was huddled against a wall in a thick coat, holding her wishing box and sobbing. He stood opposite her and managed to speak gently. What is it, Clara? She looked up at him, gave a big sniff and then sobbed again. It's, it's sniffy, she managed to say before bursting into sobs again. George racked his brains to think of what that could possibly mean. Was it a person? Was it an illness? Clara managed to get some more words out between her sobs. <laughs> she she was alone and, and hurt and sad and nobody would help her, so I... <laughs> but then Griffin... <laughs> George couldn't help but think that that was a pretty good description for Clara right now too. Sniffy. Her, her leg and uh, the kitchen pie! And then she sobbed again. And George was left trying to work out what on earth was going on and what on earth pie had to do with it. He looked around him for clues. They were in the garden and looking, he realised that there were vegetables growing in this bit of it. Vegetables with holes in. Clara, George said quietly, making a big guess, is Sniffy a rabbit? That stopped her sobs and she looked up at him. Sniffy is a rabbit. What else would he be? She pushed back against the wall and stood to her feet. And you're going to help me rescue her, or I don't know what I will do. Griffin has taken her, and he says he's going to give her to cook to make into rabbit pie. I see, George said, kind of wanting to point out that that was quite a normal thing to happen to rabbits. In fact, he was almost sure that he had eaten a bit of rabbit pie with Clara at some point before. But looking at Clara, he could tell that that would be a bad idea. Uh, where did you find uh, Sniffy? he said instead. Here, in the garden, Clara said, brushing off her skirts. And she has a bad leg, which is why she was stuck. I rescued her and I was giving her some lettuce when Griffin came and made fun of me and took Sniffy away. George felt the familiar surge of anger that he felt whenever he heard about Griffin doing something else mean to Clara. Let's get that rabbit back, he said, and Clara gave him a smile. Do you know where he took him? She shook her head. Maybe straight to cook but I bet Griffin wants to tease me more first, so probably not. He's probably taken him to his room, 
She looked miserable. And I'm not allowed on that corridor where all the nice rooms are. They say it's inappropriate, but I know it's just them being mean. So Clara wasn't even in one of the nicest rooms. George let it slide, but he could hardly believe it. From what he knew from Mum and from her, Clara was much richer than Lord Clarthen and Griffin, and she was their family. It just wasn't fair. And then an idea popped fully formed into his mind. I know how we can get that rabbit. Come on. He walked towards the castle, trying as he went to visualise the layout from the future. He led the way around the outside to an entrance near the kitchen where they went into a corridor. He looked around him and then in the corner he saw an old rusty and dusty suit of armour. Looking around him carefully he went over to it and looked on the wall behind it. There was a stone sticking out more than the others. He reached out and pushed it and a secret door opened in the wall. There was a gasp from behind him. Clara was looking totally amazed. The passage was completely dark. Do you still have my torch? George said quickly, not wanting anyone else to find them and discover the passage. Clara nodded and produced it from among her skirts. George took it and led the way into the passageway. Clara followed after only a moment's hesitation and pulled the door closed behind her. They were in the passage, which stretched out ahead of them in the darkness. George took a deep breath and tried to imagine it without the roof in the open air. And then he began to walk. The passage couldn't have been that long, but in the dark it felt such a long way. As they moved through the castle, they could hear people moving and working and talking all around them. They came eventually to some stairs, which were tricky in the dark, and then to another door. They looked at each other, took a deep breath, then George pulled it slowly open. They stepped out, past a gleaming suit of armour and into a corridor. It was the fanciest one that George had seen yet, filled with tapestries and paintings. Which room is Griffin's? George hissed even though there was no one to be seen. And Clara shrugged. George rolled his eyes, though he knew that Clara hadn't been here before either. And then they stepped out, keeping close to the wall, so they could hide if they did hear anyone. Then they started to try the doors. They found what must be Lord Clarthen's room, with an ornate four-poster bed and rich decorations, and a few others that were probably guest rooms, and then finally one which, when they opened the door, was a bit smelly and was a complete mess. They exchanged a look. It must be Griffin's. They went inside. There was a big pile of clothes strewn on the floor next to a large wooden chest. They rushed towards the chest and inside was a small, cute, scared-looking baby rabbit huddling in a corner. Clara scooped it up for a cuddle, though George wasn't sure from the look of it whether the rabbit enjoyed it much. Let's go, George said, not wanting to be caught here. They slipped out of the room and heard footsteps. They looked at each other, then ran, rushing down the corridor into the passage, knocking the suit of armour as they went and slamming the door behind them. 
As it shut, they heard the clatter of the suit of armour as it fell to the ground and a shrill shriek that was unmistakably Griffin. They grinned in the darkness and then began to make their way back through the passage. Once they were outdoors and Clara was feeding Sniffy some cabbage, George looked at her again. So, what now? Griffin will just try to get Sniffy again, right? Can you let him go? With a leg like this, Clara said with a pout. No way, we need to keep him until he's better. George sighed. But where? Do you know anyone who could have him? Clara shook her head. I've thought it all through. The kitchen has nice people, but they'd make him into a pie. The villagers would have to eat him, and it wouldn't be fair to ask them not to, as they have so little food. Anyone else wouldn't even care. But if I keep him in my room, the servants would find him. George was staring around him, trying to think of a solution. I suppose, he said slowly, we'll have to make him somewhere to live. Do you know anywhere out of the way where we could put something? Clara jumped to her feet. I have a few ideas. Finally, they found a corner between two walls where there was a pile of old junk where no one was likely to look. Clara gave George his penknife back and they started to find old bits of wood and sticks around the place and gradually put them together to make a sort of hutch. It helped enormously when Clara came across an old wooden box and soon they had something that could quite comfortably hold a rabbit. You'll need to give him food and water every day, George said, as Sniffy nibbled a carrot in his new hutch. George stood back. He was quite pleased with himself. Of course, Clara said with a smirk. George grinned and put his arm around her shoulder. They had done it. Clara flinched, then leant into his side. He thought for a moment that he saw a tear on her face, but before he could look again, there was a noise behind them. Where is that rabbit? Clara jumped away from George. Griffin was storming towards them. Clara moved, grabbed Sniffy from the hutch and thrust him into George's arms. Run, she said simply. Fast, I'll hold him off. George looked straight at her, wondering what on earth she was going to do. I'll meet you in the secret passage, she said simply. He won't find us there. And then George ran. He ran like it was sports day and the final match of the season rolled into one. He ran like he had never run before until he was well out of sight around the other side of the castle walls. His heart was hammering in his chest and he couldn't hear anything. He looped back around the outside wall of the castle, then found his way back into the passage. He waited in the dark. He felt a wet patch. Sniffy the rabbit had weed on his arm. And finally the door opened and Clara slipped in. He destroyed the hutch, she spoke in a hollow voice. He kicked it down. He's very angry with me. George didn't say anything for a few moments, then spoke softly. Why is this rabbit so important to you, Clara? She whimpered. I know it's silly. I know I should just eat him. I know all those things. But, well, I don't have friends here, apart from you. And I can't do much to help anyone or anything. 
Then there was Sniffy with his broken leg. Again, George couldn't speak for a few moments. Bouncing round his head was the knowledge that Clara was going to mysteriously disappear at some point. That whatever happened to her next was unlikely to be happy. Let's go and see the priest. Maybe he can help. Good idea, Clara said quietly. And making sure the corridor outside was quiet, she led George out and through the corridors until they came to a beautiful chapel, which George hadn't seen, apart from in its ruins in the future. Sir Timothy, Clara called out, and the priest emerged from a side room. They sat down on a pew and Clara, her face still tear-stained, explained what had happened. I see, Sir Timothy spoke gravely at the end of the story. George was worried suddenly that he was going to tell Clara not to be so selfish and to let the villagers have the rabbit or something, that he wouldn't be able to see how important this was to her. The priest paused and then spoke again. I sometimes find myself lonely in my rooms, in prayer, in moments of solitude or reflection. I have wondered before whether to get um, a small dog or cat or creature to accompany me. Clara and George stared at him, unable to quite believe what he was saying. And, Clara, if you would care to assist me in looking after such a creature... Clara burst out laughing and George found himself saying, Thank you, thank you. Sir Timothy smiled and held out his hands. May I hold him? Clara passed the baby rabbit over carefully and Sir Timothy held him gently. Perhaps we can do something about this leg too. George, Clara, would you be able to make something for him to live in in my rooms? They agreed quickly and went to collect the broken bits of hutch from before, then spent some time building a new hutch in the priest's rooms. He assured them that Griffin never came to see him, so Sniffy would be perfectly safe. He was also very impressed with George's penknife. Eventually they were done. Clara bent down to give Sniffy one last cuddle for a few minutes, and George found himself with Sir Timothy. Thank you for helping Clara. It rushed out of his mouth before he had the chance to stop it. With this, and with the food for the villagers, I'm not sure she would survive without you. I could say the same thing for you, the priest said with raised eyebrows. Unusual though your presence is, of course, he frowned. And portentous. I can only conclude that you were not brought here only to save rabbits, George. We must keep our eyes and our ears open. Before George could respond, Clara was back by his side. Sniffy is very happy, she said with a smile. Shall we go and get some cake from the kitchen? George grinned and saying goodbye to Sir Timothy, they made their way through the castle. George couldn't think of a time when he had walked these corridors rather than running and rushing. Clara begged two hot spicy cakes from the cook and they went outside and stood by a wall, looking out to sea. Thank you for helping me, George, Clara said lightly. He gave a little grunt and she laughed. You're helping me too, really, George.
George said in a rush. My half-term holiday would have been very boring without you. Then she gave him a strange look and he had to explain all sorts of things about school and terms and holidays and cars and books and football, not much of which she really understood, but it was still fun to talk about it. The sky above them began to darken and George started to shiver. Do you want to go inside? he said and she shook her head. It's sad, but it's so awful being here. This is probably the best time I've had the whole time. Then George felt bad that he had felt sad about his half term, when Clara's whole life was so much worse. And then the world began to shimmer again, and he knew he was going back to his time. He turned to Clara and spoke quickly. The whole world began to disappear, and he ended up shouting. I'll come back, Clara. I'll see you again soon. The end. Thanks for listening. If you could go to sleep and wake up somewhere else, where would it be? Next week, George finds a big clue in the mystery of Clara. But will it help?